Hello, and welcome to the Council Culture Podcast, a podcast where we look through the lens of counselling in today's culture to help and equip you to live life to the full wherever you are. believe that everyone should have access to and benefit from the core skills of counselling that help you do life well. Leading ourselves in relationships, mental and emotional health, work and navigating life in these really fast changing times. My name is Nicholas Marks and it is my pleasure to host Council Culture. Well, hello everyone, and thanks for investing your time to listen to today's podcast. Well, today we're going to bring you part four of the Under Pressure series, called, and it's on finances under pressure. Well, finances is one of the big three, really, isn't it? Along with our work and, of course, our relationships. It's common to every person on the planet that we use, deal with, and relate to money. And the vast majority of us will, at some stage, have money issues or, in some way or another, be under some sort of financial pressure. Uh, it can happen to us out of the blue. It can be inflicted on us, if you like, by someone else or a circumstance, and it can also be self-inflicted. Maybe you can relate. Um, when we aren't going well financially, which, as I say, can happen for a variety of reasons, it can, um, over time, affect our mental and emotional health, our relationships in our life in general. So it's, it's a big deal. Um, to help show us the money, or better still, how to <laughs> handle and live well and how we relate to money and, and have applied wisdom to our finances, we are joined today by Mr. Darren Loudenbach. Darren, welcome to the Council Culture Podcast. Yeah, thank you, Nicholas. It's great to be uh, be able to be here, and, and um, thanks for having me on as a guest. It's, it's awesome. It's good to be part of the series. Yeah, yeah, thank you, thank you. Um, I, I've, I've known you for some years. Uh, I've, I've seen you at work. I've seen you how you, um, broadly speaking, uh, manage finances, your knowledge and wisdom when it comes to this area. Um, you've done, you know, you've run multiple businesses and involved in different things over the years uh, up to this day. Uh, and you've done a lot specifically in the area of finances and money, haven't you, in terms of your your career and background, but also um, in terms of, I suppose I could say, a, a ministry or a passion around, um, or maybe you can tell us about God's Money Matters and some of those other things that you've been doing. Yeah, thanks, Nick. Um, yeah, despite all that, you're still having me on as a guest, so <laughs> <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> that's great. Now, it's um, yeah, I have had a I've had a, uh, a checkered background. Um, uh, you might say uh, we've I've had a variety of backgrounds um, within my professional career and my uh, my personal passions around uh, different aspects of business and finance. So, long story short, I was a financial planner for the best part of thirty years. Um, ran businesses uh, pretty much since I was around about nineteen, twenty years old. Um, I'm currently, I currently do a bit of business coaching and consulting. Um, I do a bit of property investment consulting and I also have, uh, interest in four restaurants. So, um, and, and a couple of other businesses. So it, yes, there's a lot going on. Uh, I've got yeah. a very, very day, but really if I summarize it, um, a lot of it's to do with people. It's about people building people yeah. and, uh, also lots to do with, um, uh, money and financial matters and how to ma- manage money well. And that's the uh, where the God's money matters came from. It came from um, okay. when I was leaving my financial planning practice. I felt that the uh, there was a lot I learned during the time of being a financial planner, and most of what I learned from a professional point of view actually wasn't that good. Mm. And so it, that drove me to God's word because I thought, well, He knows everything, um, and so I need to get d- even deeper into His word around money and finances. 
and see what he has to say about it. Um, and uh, that was really useful for the back end of my financial planning career and then uh, starting God's Money Matters, which is just really um, helping those in the faith community uh, understand how to manage their money according to God's will and uh, what it says in his word. Uh, and then turning that into something practical for today because obviously uh, we need to contextualize that. Yes, yes. So, um, I mean, obviously in the Bible they talk a lot about wealth, um, it talks a lot about wealth and how to manage it. But when they're talking wealth back in the day, it wasn't necessarily um, – there was certainly money was part of their wealth, but it was also a lot to do with the cattle they had and the lands they owned. And so it was broader than just um, just managing uh, dollars and cents. Yeah, and building a portfolio. Mm, exactly. Yeah. Or, or maybe their portfolios were very different. <laughs> yeah, they were. Yeah, they, they were. But different in, but still have the same um, – effects on us uh, and and what we put our faith in, I suppose. Uh, all ancient cultures, um, and I don't think we're any different today, uh, worshipped back in the day the things that they felt provided for their future. So, you know, we think about the Egyptians and their worship of the sun um, and other areas that they worshipped had a lot to do with, um, and those ancient cultures had a lot to do with worshipping what they felt was going to provide and secure their future. Mm, so so true. Um, and so I think that's why Jesus spoke so much about money. You know, he he did speak a lot about money. Solomon speaks a lot about money yep. in the Proverbs. Yep. Um, there's lots to do with managing wealth, riches, and finances, and and mammon, and what that means. Um, all sorts of things. So yeah. yeah, there's lots lots to cover in that that space. Yeah, you, you, you mentioned about history there and the, the past and, and ancient cultures and things. Do you think over time the, our hearts towards money have changed? We've just been the same over time. Yeah, I think fear and greed uh, remain, mm. and um, so I don't think we've changed that much as much as we feel like we're much more sophisticated these days. Yes. Um, having said that, you know, obviously the way in which money is transacted and um, and wealth is transacted and and utilised has changed, but not necessarily uh, where our hearts can get trapped by it yeah. um, and our our um, emotional bonding to it. Um, and I think you know that's clearly why Jesus talked a lot about it. I mean. It, I think if I got the numbers right, there's 33 or or something um, pro, um, parables that he speaks about, and about 16 of those speak about wealth, money, and riches. So it was a big topic for him. In fact, Jesus spoke about it more than heaven and um, hell. And um, yeah, the yeah. only the only thing second to money, I'm oh, sorry, came before money was um, the kingdom of God. He spoke about the kingdom of God primarily, and then wealth, money, and riches kind of second. So mm. big topic mm. on for him too. And I yeah. think that. That kind of tells us that um, maybe we need to listen to a little bit about this and get it right. Top of funnel, broad ones. Why are, why are our finances, and this is a nice easy one to ease us into it, why are our finances and how we manage them such a big deal? I think there's such a big deal um, partly because what I said before is the fact that we um, we we kind of uh, worship what we feel holds our future. And obviously mm. if we've got money and wealth that are building up, we feel a bit more secure. I think there's a little bit of that. I think also we get distracted by uh, the fear of missing out and and seeing what our neighbour has, you know, coveting what our neighbour has um, and wanting more. And um, I'm not a, against striving uh, in an appropriate way. And I think we need to um, continue to advance ourselves and, and look for opportunities um, and all of that. But I think there's a little bit of that in there. I think uh, certainly um, it can be at times a lack of faith uh, that can be an issue. Um, and, and oftentimes it's just a lack of understanding that God works within natural consequence. You know, So if we spend more than we earn, we're, we're going to end up in trouble. I think also it's not necessarily an easy topic for people to talk about. It's not taught a lot in church. And no. that, that really um, – Or schools. 
Frustrates me. Yeah. Well, it frustrates me because about 15% of the Bible talks about um, the about money and riches and how to manage it. And yet I don't think 15% of sermons are talk, talking about money and wealth and riches. And I think a lot of pastors avoid it because they don't really understand it. And I understand that, but um, that, I feel like it's a poor excuse. I think yeah. um, schools don't really understand. Teachers don't feel like they've got it nailed so they can't teach it. Um, so there's a lot of that going on. And I think, um, uh, however, once people aren't to get some core understanding yeah, and uh, then it can go a long way and, and uh, it can create some significant freedoms and uh, uh, moving forward and, and understanding our relationship yeah. with it a bit better. I think, you know, families, it's, it's kind of don't talk about money and politics and religion is kind of the three, isn't it? And, <laughs> yeah. uh, well, and I really find that frustrating because uh, money is something we should all be able to learn how to manage. We might not become expert money managers, but we can certainly do, mm. uh, we can do well in uh, managing uh, our, our finances. And I've, I do believe that when we uh, go to heaven and we face Jesus and he says, um, you know, how'd you go? Uh, mm-hmm. And we want to be a good and faithful steward as well as a good and faithful servant, because that stewardship is about that servant servanthood as well. Yeah. They're, that, they're linked. It's that stewardship of our time and what we did with it, our, our talents and gifts and abilities and treasure, isn't it? Those, yeah, those it is. Three in particular. And, and also opportunity. And I think one of the things mm. we miss out on of, oftentimes is our stewardship of opportunity, mm. um, where we have opportunities put in front of, front of us and uh, w- whether we take advantage of those as well. So I think we'll be answerable to that as well. Mm. 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 There aren't many things out there that can have such an impact at a heart level as money, is there? I mean, it, it can really get it, – it, you mentioned before we have a relationship with money. That language I think is important. Because um, mm. it's it it is actually a heart thing, and not or there are just these, um, I think you said like rules of nature, or, or or just like gravity is. You know, if you jump off somewhere that's high, you're going to go down and hit the ground. Uh, if you do or don't do certain things with money, there'll be um, cause and effect, natural consequence, won't there? And and we're in this relationship with it. It's 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 different, isn't it? It certainly is. I've been reading a book recently called God, Money and Me um, by uh, Pastor De Jong. I think um, he's based in New Zealand and um, he's he's explained it reasonably well. You know, what happens with money is when we receive it, uh, if we receive it um, well, then and we, we understand that we're stewards of it, mm. immediately there's no it, – it's a lightness that comes with that. Yes. If we receive it, um, we, can, we can also receive it and mammon, the spirit of mammon, um, there, there's this, you know, we talk about mammon in the Bible. Mammon yeah, yeah. is wealth, riches, the personification of wealth, riches, and and um, money. But it's a spirit. It's a spirit thing. Yeah. So, um, yeah. you know, at one stage in the Bible, it says a spirit of fear came upon so and so. You know, yep. well, yep. The, the the spirit of mammon comes upon our wealth, riches, and money if we allow it to. If we start to think about us and greed and 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 if it's about us. Whereas God's saying, no, 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 I'm giving you stuff. I want you to be able to use it well for yourselves for sure. I want you to be able to look after your family. Because he says for for somebody who doesn't look after their family, they're worse than an unbeliever. So mm-hmm. you've got to look after your family first. But it's not just about, you know, us. It's it's about saying, well, okay, what else is there? So uh he wants us to be good with that. I don't think God created the money system. Because that's swapping uh, one for one type of thing. You do something for me, I pay you. I, I, pay, I do something for you, you pay me. Whereas God's economy is you put a little seed in the ground and you get yeah. a massive harvest. Yeah. yeah. You know, you're getting multiplication. So God's a, God doesn't work in this transactional type way. Mm. So I don't think he created the money system. But having said that, I think he honors those who honor the system. And I feel like um, 
it, it, this applies to money as well. If you're good with a little, yeah. um, he'll let you be good with a lot. And being a good father, like, you know, we're both fathers, right? So yeah. if we had a spoilt child um, who was one of our children and they were spending money wildly and they were not good stewards with um, the, the resources they had, would we as a good father give them more? Mm-hmm. And I just don't think we we would. And yet we're nowhere near as good a father as God is. So yeah. he can he can do supernatural things and he can do whatever he wants because he's God. But he does. My experience is he he works with natural consequence and natural law. Yeah. And if you yeah. honor the money system and you honor um, and you set your heart to do good with it uh, and do it right and learn a little bit, not a lot, to manage it well, I then see that he wants to bless that because he says, "Well, you're good with a little." Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'll allow you to have more. Yeah, yeah, that's good, Darren. There's a lot in that. What you're describing and saying there is that it's built with stewardship. It's built on trust. First, whom we put our trust in, not what, and mm. that God also puts trust in us to say, if you can handle a little, I'll, I'll, you know, you can handle a lot more. That's trust, isn't it? It is, and it goes it both is. ways. And it's it's also about perspective. I think we don't think enough today about the, where where does my uh, help come from? My, you know, my help comes from the Lord, and and you go well. Where is that? So who pays me? Is it my employer? Is it as a self-employed person? Is it my customers? Who pays me? No, no, God's, God's provided those opportunities. He's ultimately the one who who brings it in. Mm. Now, there's different ways in which he uses that, um, but he's the one you know who brings it in. He's the one who makes it happen. So let's acknowledge that first. Let's get the first priorities right, and then everything else falls into place nicely after that. Uh, so, that's yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a big one for today. I think we still need to do that. I think one of the troubles we have these days as well is we get – it's hard to live in this culture and not be affected by it, isn't it? It's, it's just one of these challenges. And, and we're told all the time by the marketers, you know, you deserve this, you work hard, you can buy it now, uh, you know, 60 days interest-free or six, 60 months interest-free and, and you should get it now and you deserve it. And it's like, well, mm. it's just all of this pressure all the time to have all these things that we're told we should be having. And, and, what, they'll, feel, and what they'll do for us. Yeah, what they'll, they'll make us all happy, yeah. you know, and uh, you can't buy happiness. You can buy mm. fun. But you can't buy happiness, and but the problem is that that doesn't suit the marketing message, and so you know yeah. we're bombarded all the time by how important we are, that yeah. we deserve it, and all of this entitlement type stuff, and uh, that's really hard yeah. to fight. So, yeah. um, and we all suffer from that. That's that's a co- constant battle. Yeah, and look, I can speak to that from experience. Years years back, that that was me. You know, I had multiple credit cards. Um, at one point, um, used a credit card to pay off other credit cards. Um, and just just got myself into a hole. This was about fifteen years ago, and mm. and it was it was a horrible time, in terms of um, great lessons from it. And and thank God I've you know learnt those and applied them. Um, but it was a horrible time, and the weight of it um, it really mm. it affected me. It affected um, our marriage, all sorts of things. So it, it is a big deal when you go off track with regards to money, isn't it? It really is, and it does affect uh, lots of other aspects of your life. They say mm-hmm. that you know mm-hmm. some of the the, the re- main reasons for marriage breakup these days is uh, is sex and money. Mm-hmm. They're the kind of the big two ones, as far as what you know. Yeah. And it comes down to communication, as we know. It, it's yeah. really about all about communication. But um, yeah. I put it to you that if the money's not right, if you're fighting about money, then you're not going to be too romantically inclined. No. So we need to try to get this right. And, and you know, a house divided can't stand. So we need to get on the same page yeah. uh, if we are married and, and um, yeah. we need to get on the same page. Uh, it's not one person's job in a relationship to deal with money. Um, I believe it's it's uh, you both got to kind of have a plan. Somebody might do the execution of the plan and the detail of the plan because a house divided doesn't stand. That's good, and, Darren. Um, that's, that's so good because you can have a different personality. Like I might be – naturally more of a spender and and my wife might be naturally more of a saver or 
you know, I'm mm. great at doing the budgets and a spreadsheet and, hey, look, you do that, I'll just follow it, but, but you do the spreadsheets and all that and I'm, just tell me what I need to do or not do or I'll take care of the bills and you do that. That I think what you're saying, that's really good because you can have different personalities, if you like, or how we relate to money again. What, one thing that comes to mind, though, is you – Gee, it's good if you can learn this when you're younger, which I, oh, I, I, absolutely. I didn't. <laughs> absolutely. Pre, pre-marriage is even better if you can have these tough conversations. Oh, yeah, and yeah. Part of it is also understanding your relationship with money before you come into a relationship, before you get married, you know. So having um, a, Great a question around, okay, what is my grandmother? was? Did, did I remember her and do it? What is she like with money? Was she a spendthrift? Mm. Was it something that wasn't spoken about? Was she really tight? Um, because she came out of the depression. What was she like? And then what was my mum and dad like? And what was, you know, and what weight am I carrying? What what um preconceived ideas um or anchors am I carrying into my relationship uh with money and and then yeah. carrying that packing up that kit bag and bringing it into my new relationship. So that's interesting to observe that. And when you understand it, of course you can then manage it. Um and then having those open conversations. It's not one person's job to manage the money. Yeah, that's a great it's, that's it's, a great point. It's a team effort. Um, and look, I hope for most people, uh, you know, it seems that God's made opposites attract. That that seems to be right most of the time, not all the time. Yeah, yeah. But I, I think if you had two spendthrifts or two misers, as we'd call them in um, a relationship, then it's not much fun. I think the, the spendthrift brings about a um, spontaneity and, and a fun element to it. And, and yet mm. if you're all spending everything you get all the time, then that's going to bring pressure because at some mm, stage mm. it's going to come it's going to come home and, and there's going to be a consequence to that yeah. whereas if you're always kind of really tight and miserly and, and watching every penny then that's that's good for the future It'll give you some certainty in some ways but it's not that much fun so yeah. having yeah. that tension in actually the relationship is a good thing it should be celebrated and where you can understand that and how to manage that that's a good thing you, it, it yeah. actually is not a it's it's something to um uh, yeah, celebrate to to be happy about in a relationship that you're both bringing a different perspective. Yeah. Um, so that's good. It's not a bad thing. That's good. That's um, great. To be different. That's great. And it's a, a great almost segue on from the relationships uh, under pressure we talked about last week with that extension into the realm of money. Um, mm. What What about listeners out there, just for themselves or for their for their children? They might have young kids or or um, teenagers or young whatever. Um, Maybe they were like me going, you know, I didn't get any sort of real schooling on money and sort of made a bunch of messes with it. And and then, by God's grace, showing a whole range of things and went through some different programs and, and really discipleship and formation mm. in that area and the practical side of it, game changer, absolute game changer. Highly recommend it. Um, just just for them, what are some things they can do um, practically at the moment? Say, so, I, I just haven't really been showing anything. This, I feel a bit embarrassed, but I'm, I'm really not that good with money and um, but I, I don't want that to be repeated in my kids or, or friends or whatever it might be. What would you say to that? Yeah, firstly, it's that big decision, isn't it? You've got to say, well, if I keep going the way I'm going, what's the natural consequence? So, you know, you've got to find the big why. As we know, we can change yeah. anything very quickly if we know it, if we have a big enough why. Uh-huh. So the why That's is true. that we don't want to end up financially in, in trouble and stressed where we don't need to be. Yeah. Um, so the first thing is to dis- to make a decision that I'm just going to get better with this stuff, and so I'm going to persist until I do. Yeah. Uh, the next thing you can do is um, – Start measuring your spending for for the next thirty days. It's a really good exercise to have a notepad. I don't recommend you do it in a phone because a phone's if it's with you all the time, then you won't remember as you're spending money to actually note it down. But if you have it in a notepad that's separate with yeah. a pen, that'll annoy you for the next thirty days because you'll be walking around with this pen and paper. But that that's a great way to. Um, understand what you're doing because the truth will set you free financially too right so once we understand what we're spending money on because a lot of people i meet that go oh, i don't spend much money one of my clients back in the day was spending 14 13 and a half 14 000 a year on coffee this is a couple wow 
Now, you know, that's, that's up to them. If they're earning money and they want to spend yeah, it on coffee, yeah. good luck to them. But for them and their value set, they said, no, that's actually not too good for us, Darren. We actually want to do something different with that money. Uh, we, we, you know, we've got other goals that we feel are, are more important. So we then discussed what they might be able to do about that. You know, they could either buy a coffee machine and that might be a cheaper way to deal with it, or they could reduce that. Th- that could be a decision. But see, once you understand what's going on, you can make a more informed decision. So it's about measuring your spending for 30 days. And if you can do that, you get an understanding of that. That then sets you up to be able to put together a, a basic budget. And a basic budget is a spending plan to say, well, how much is coming in and how much is going out? And it is simple mathematics. And I know a lot of people say, well, I'm not good with maths, but they can do the basics with a calculator. So yeah. again, commit yeah. to getting better with this is one the next thing. In that 30-day spending challenge, one of the best things they can do is set up separate bank accounts. So what I mean by that is you may need half a dozen bank accounts. Uh, we found that, um, in fact, anecdotally, we found this in our financial planning practice. And, and a couple of years ago, some research came out and actually proved this to be right, that those with um, one bank account are less financially successful than those with multiple bank accounts. Wow. I mean, I, I knew that anecdotally to be true and, and have applied that practice uh, we have. Just to clarify, you're saying separate accounts as in having multiple different accounts, not secret accounts. <laughs> yeah, that's right. No, no, no secret accounts. No secret accounts. No, I, I believe in tra- trans- transparency to a point, and I'll talk about that in a moment, we'll actually, because I'll say to a point. Yeah, I like that. Because there's a way in which we can create financial freedom within a home um, uh, without having that kind of burden of uh, yeah, total accountability for every single dollar, yeah, which I'm not a, yeah. I'm not a believer in. I'll, t- I'll tell you why in a moment. But yeah. if we get those accounts right, so what we want is a, a bank account that's an everyday account that covers costs. Mm. Then we, if we're in a couple, what we want is another account each, one each, that is not a joint account, it's a single account yep. that has a debit card attached to it. So w- what we're talking about now is if you're in a couple, there's three three accounts. So we've got primary account for paying bills and then a, a, another account each that where some money drops into every week or every fortnight that you can spend freely without having to account that to your partner. On whatever you like. So to speak. On whatever so to speak. you like. Now, it's a fixed amount that goes into that account. You yeah. can't put more into that account. So yep. freedom within the boundaries. But you've, um, you, that means you, if I want to buy a surprise gift to my wife, I don't want her seeing that I've done that. It might be ordered online or something. I want to be able to give her a surprise. So, or I, if I want to save and I want to save up for something special for a hobby or something, I can do that. If um, if I want to spend it every week, uh, you know, going out and doing things, then I can do that. I have that freedom. But the freedom is within the boundaries of how much has been allocated each week. And remember, we're trying to be good with a little, so it doesn't actually have to be a lot of money. We're just trying to get the habits in place so that we can know that natural consequence is going to come to play. Mm-hmm. Ideally, what we want to do is part of the strategy is get off credit cards altogether. altogether yeah. Now, yeah. I believe in having maybe one credit card with a $1,000 limit. That's what I have. And I, I leave it with my passport and I take it traveling just because sometimes you can't hire a car or something like that uh, when you're using debit cards. But other than that, I use debit cards. Um, what we want then is uh, to set up an emergency fund. Uh, so yes. it's a separate bank account called the emergency fund. Yep. Get $1,000 into it as soon as we can. Sell something if we have to. Um, get that emergency fund with $1,000 in it. If we've got credit cards, then we spend the next little while getting rid of those credit cards. Once the credit cards are gone, we then top up the emergency fund to a point where it has three months as a minimum of expenses. So it's not income. It's of family expenses. Now, remember, if we're doing the 30-day spending challenge, we'll start to understand what we're spending. So we'll have an understanding of what that amount of money should be. Yeah. Once we get the emergency fund in place, and I know I'm going fast here, but we might be able to come back and cover it. Um, once you've got the emergency fund in place, we can cut up the credit card and get rid of it because we don't need a credit card anymore for emergencies. Um, you know, we can keep that $1,000 one, but if we've got a whole bunch of others that we're using regularly, we can get rid of them now because we have our backup fund. Um, so our backup fund is no longer going into debt to is to help us out. So we're not trying to dig a hole out of a hole. Yeah. 
um, or dig ourselves out of a hole. What we're now doing is using our own money. Once, um, so once we've got that three months worth of expenses um, in that emergency fund, that should sit there. And unless we have a genuine emergency, we shouldn't touch it. That brings about a huge amount of financial peace into a home. Now, let's define an emergency quickly. It's not Christmas because that comes up every year, predictable. <laughs> Feels uh, like it some years, but it's not yeah, an emergency. Right. It's not tires for the car. Um, or rego or services and stuff like that because they're not emergencies. We can predict those things coming up, yep. and those those predictable things should be in a budget. Really good point. So, so having said that, for example, most of us, a lot of us, have vehicles, and we have these lumpy expenses with vehicles, right? So maybe we should have another account called the car account. There you go. And we go, okay, we need to, have, you know, our car bills every year are two thousand dollars or something. So we need to put one hundred and eighty dollars a month in, or whatever it might be, into that account uh, every month, so that we'll have the two thousand dollars, and when the bills come up, we can pay it. So you get this calmness that comes about all these things um, when you have these separate accounts and you know what they're for. One of my favorite separate accounts that I have is uh, the holiday fund. You know, I put money in every week. Um, I get paid monthly, but I put money into my holiday account every week. It automatically goes in there because I love seeing that go up. It must be doing all right over the past two years, your holiday account. Mate, got, it's haven't gone anywhere. Well. It's doing pretty well. We're ready for a cracking holiday, that's <laughs> for sure. But no, it's really good. because that's great. Um, Love it. it I know it's ready. I know it's there. We can go and spend that. And look, yeah, yeah. more recently, we've had other challenges uh, that come have come about because of, um, and we've seen ch- charitable things that we'd like to support. Yeah. And we've used some of those other funds, the funds in the um, the holiday fund and other funds that we have that are discretionary. You know, that holiday fund, we can use it for whatever we want. Yeah. So if we find that, okay, um, somebody needs it more than us at the moment, then we've been able to do that. And we're not we're making a decision that's actually not going to, uh, erode our future or, or not allow us to pay an essential bill, you know, the rent or the mortgage or something like that, because it's our holiday fund. It's it's a discretionary item. So having these different accounts and things, I know that sounds pretty boring, but it brings about a huge amount of um, uh, a peace. And, it, and as I say, it doesn't have to be much money going into them. It's just mm-hmm. about getting that um, that that practical side um, in place. And, and I'd challenge listeners to do that if they haven't done it before, um, because that one thing alone uh, made more significant uh, difference to my client's financial um, happiness than getting awesome returns in their super fund or getting the next best investment when I was a financial planner. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and look, there's that's a great segue to say there's some, uh, there's some left field things that have been going on in the past 18 months. And um, it's, it's a good example of going, well, if I've got this backup fund, let's call it that, the storehouse, the rainy day, hey, if something happens, we've got three to four months of expenses saved there. We, we've been in through and still in times of crises and financial pressure for a lot of people. Um, we've still got a ways to go. There could be more around the corner. And so what are some of the takeaways that you think are important of, say, the last idea must add some context to what we're in now? Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I've got to say, you know, it feels like, um, like a lot of people I've been speaking to over the, the last, you know, twenty plus years about this. I feel like at the moment they might be remembering me in fond, a fond way if they did took my advice. <laughs> um, and it's not just my advice, of course; it's stuff I've gleaned from God's word, but and others um, who are in this space. But yeah, I, I felt I've, I've thought about that a number of times, thinking, boy, I hope those people did put that emergency fund in place because they'll be significantly yeah. better off. Yeah. And um, it, mentally, you know, um, mental health-wise and, and stress-wise than those who, who didn't or haven't heard this message before. So we can, you know, it's easy to say it on this side of, of a crisis or a pandemic, oh, you should have saved more money and stuff like that. So I understand that some wouldn't have had this and that they've been through some tough times. So yeah, I, I acknowledge right. that. But um, what we've got to do is when we know better, we can do better. 
Yeah. And now we know better, we should be doing better. And, uh, you know, we, we should not, it, it says we're a fool if we spend all we get um, in the Bible. And so uh, we should we should be starting to um, put these plans in place because we do know these things are going to come again. Um, they you will. Know, they will. We, we're going to get, it, we don't know what the next crisis is going to be. We do know there'll be another GFC. We are, for those listeners who remember what that is, mm-hmm. the global financial crisis, we, we will see um, share markets crash again. Um and we'll see all those things happening. It's setting up for one now. I don't. My personal belief is it won't happen, um, based on uh, over three hundred years of research um, and history, that we won't see another crash for another five or six years. Mm-hmm. Um, but we will see it, and it's it's building up for one. There's no doubt mm-hmm. about it. And and fear and greed are the drivers for that. And that's why I be, can, can be confident we'll have that again. So we need to be preparing uh, ourselves for these things, not in fear. Not in fear at all. We we just need to be preparing ourselves and saying, well, I, um, I can take away some of my fear by being practical, by being becoming a better steward. Yeah. Um, and you know, the question I suppose with all these things is, um, what can I learn from this? Having been through the last two years, what can we learn from this that could, could set me up and make me wiser for the future? And you were talking about it before, Nick, and I've been through it too. You know, when I was eighteen, I had three thousand dollar credit card bill. You know, at eighteen years old, you know, like. That was a lot of money back then. It still is now. And you go, well, that's just crazy. And I didn't have the resources to pay that off quickly, but that was, it was a gift in some ways because it really taught me that that's not what I want to go through. I don't want to do that again. Yeah, exactly. And that was a mistake. And we learn best often by our mistakes, but we don't have to do that. We can learn from others' mistakes and, um, and we can just not go there. So, uh, yeah, these, so I learned from that. And so, and you learn from it. So what can listeners learn from that, um, that they've been through over the last 18 months, where did they get things right? And how do they repeat that? And where did things not go so quite quite, quite so well? And what can we do about that? Um, yeah, yeah, that, that's an important concept now, isn't it? With this, the past eighteen months, um, who knows where we're at in the journey of that? But gee, there's some. We're in a transition, and we're in that period where you you can't see the land behind, you can't see quite where you're going, and it is disorientating and is hard. But that stopping, reflecting, what can I take away from this already? Uh, and finances can be one of those, can't it? Yeah. Exactly. And and look, getting a mentor uh, around money and stuff like that is really important. There's, there's lots of resources out there. Some, are, some aren't so good. Um, you know, God's Money Matters is uh, one resource that's um, out there and free for people. Uh, for, nearly all the resources on that are free. Um, so the website, uh, there's other good teachers out there um, uh, that where you can get some really good advice around money. And, and I would say to... Uh, that one of the best advices I've found is, you know, Paul with Timothy, you know, he mentored Timothy and Paul did things right. And he said, do what I'm doing. And what you got to do is go and find somebody who's doing money. Well, you can yes. see that they've got a yeah. piece about them. They're yeah. running their household. Well, and just say, Hey, would you mind just giving me a bit of help here? Mm. This is not something that I've, I've mastered before. Um, but yeah, can you give me a bit of help? Because we, we didn't, we weren't born knowing how to do this. You know, we weren't born knowing how to ride a bike. And yet most of us have jumped on and, and taken the time to learn. Um, and it's the same with money management. You know, we've just got to take that little bit of time to learn it, and it's really worth it. It's really worth it. Dare we say it is actually a great investment in yourself and others, isn't it, to do it? Huge. It sure is. And and the blessing that can come from that because, yeah, yeah. you know, God's promises is if you're good with a little, you'll, you know, he'll give you more. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and what the more is is what I love about that because God's just so rounded in all these things is that he says, I'll give you more so that you can give more. So it's not, and 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 Jesus said it's better better to it's more blessed to give than receive. So what he's going to do is give us more, so we can give more and be more blessed. Yeah, it's uh it's a really nice um you know kind of cycle you might say. Oh, that's great, Darren. Thank. And that 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 
practical tip too, I think, at the end there again of a number of tips is take the time to do this, invest in yourself, uh, and it, it really does pay dividends. Um, and and it's it's can be beyond, just add to that if one thing would be beyond our generation as well. It's not just for us. It can be a generational change of your kids and their kids if you change this in your life. I, I really believe that now. Yeah, I'm 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 absolutely on board with that. I think um, you know, we 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 need to be good fathers and and parents as well. Mm. You know, we need to be able to trust our children with a little, so we can trust them with a lot. And mm. you know, if we pass on and we pass our children a huge inheritance, is that going to spoil them and wreck them? You know, spoil as in bad thing. Um, mm. You know, in the true sense of that word, is that going to destroy their life because they've been given all this money and they don't know what to do with it? Or is it actually going to be put into hands of those that can be really doing a good thing with it, you know, and they can take that that start that you might have given them and springboard them into even better things, you know? Yeah. Um, and yeah. that's where I think if we do this well, that's what it is. It's this compounding effect generationally that can have this massive impact for good. Um, and that's exciting to me. Um, that's it is. really exciting it is. to me. Yeah, I can hear that in your voice. And it's, so it's great that God's placed this on your heart and um, – Back to what you said, he provides, but you and you've also done something about it. You went away, dove into his word, um, picked out what it really said, and then uh, have applied that and shared it with others. So it's a living example. Along those lines, where can people find you? Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so you a, a God's good place Money to matters. start with this is um, God's Money Matters. So yeah. godsmoneymatters.com. Um, is just uh, a website that's got plenty of resources on there. So um, right. yeah, just godsmoneymatters.com. Right. Um, and that's got some practical tips and some um, articles and things like that. There is a course on there. It's an e-course. Um, and this is not to promote that necessarily, but the funds, that it, it's it's $97 and the money goes to Compassion. So it doesn't go to me. It goes to oh, Compassion. That's great. Um, so that's great. That's, that, that e-course, I think, is 12 um, video lessons, um, self-paced, uh, it's lifetime access. Um, it's got the resources in, within that course as well to take people steps by step through their financial planning so that they can have a comprehensive financial plan at the end of it that they've um, they, they've run. Now, they may have to go and see professional advisors, but after doing that course, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, they won't be led astray. Yeah, that's they'll know good. what they're, out, they're, they're there to do and um, they'll get much better advice because they'll, they'll already um, have an understanding of what they should be doing. Yeah. Uh, so th- that's a good start. Um, they can contact me through the website as well. Okay. Uh, I'd be happy to help people with that. Um, so, yeah, if people want to reach out, then um, I'm right. happy to help as I can. Oh, thank you, Darren, so much. It's been, uh, as I could say, I will say, it's been rich. It's been rich. I'm throwing a lot of puns in here. It's been a, <laughs> it's been a pleasure to have you today, and I just seriously want to thank you for your wisdom and that you've you've really been on, you are, and have been on this journey. And so it just it just comes out of you in such a positive way. And I know it's going to bless a lot of people if they really lean into this. And there's some really practical things for them to take away and do. So um, it's got it all in there. So we are blessed to have you along. I really thank you. Yeah, thanks, Nick. I've just been been fun as always. Yeah, yeah. Happy, to, um, happy to be part of it. So thanks very much. Old friends, next week uh, is the final instalment of the Under Pressure series with Faith Under Pressure, uh, where the Council Culture Panel are going to look at um, where the church is in particular, not just well in the West, but also globally and uh, around the world. The new season that we're going into in terms of our faith and the expression of that. Um, some of the unique hardships that are, uh, we're facing now in terms of the expression and working out of our faith and the opportunities to live and practice it in 2021 and beyond. A special thank you to our listeners for joining us for this episode. If, if you know people who, like you, are passionate about growing and learning and transformation, why don't you share this episode with them and hit the subscribe button and give us a review. It all helps to spread the word. 
Uh, we really want your input into the podcast, so do visit us at councilculture.org.au where you can send your questions or recordings on a variety of topics which we can explore in future episodes. So thanks again, and remember, together we can impact our culture through good counsel.